Hello and welcome to episode 539 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan and today marks a glorious day. It is the first market Monday of the 2023 fantasy football season. Beautiful. You know, we normally start to show much closer to peak draft season around June or so, but with so much action in the best ball streets already here in late March, thought it'd be helpful to get it started now. And, and honestly, not just helpful for you guys, the listeners, honestly helpful for me as well, because I have thoughts on players and teams and outlooks, but a huge part of what matters is what my opponents think of players and teams and outlooks. And that's where the ADP average draft position and what the market sentiment is comes into play. So each Monday on this show, I'll go over the biggest risers and fallers in ADP of the previous seven days and give my thoughts on whether I'm buying or selling at these new prices. It'll be a relatively short show, you know, try to keep it to 10 or 15 minutes. Just get us up to speed quickly on that recent ADP movement. Reminder, if you're the type of person listening to a fantasy football market update podcast right now on March 27th, you should be putting your knowledge to work at Underdog Fantasy. Promo code ETR will get you up to $100 in free entries. They have these massive best ball contests already up. And quite frankly, the ADP is wild out there right now. I think we'll see some massive movement through the spring and summer. That's promo code ETR for up to $100 in entries at under, underdogfantasy.com. All right, let's begin with the biggest risers from the last seven days. And note that I'm trying to mix in some guys Evan and I haven't already talked about. So for example, Damian Harris, his ADP is up massive. We're talking 27 spots. Evan and I already covered that. David Montgomery is up to 84th overall. We covered that. And we'll certainly talk about guys like that more. But on today's show, I want to talk about some interesting movement with players we haven't covered as much. Let's start with Samaje Pirine, who's up 11 spots to 134th overall, RB41 on underdog. So Pirine was one of the first free agents to sign. I mean, wasted absolutely no time doing a two-year, $7.5 million deal with the Broncos. Pretty standard running back deal, $3 million guaranteed in the form of a signing bonus this year, 2023, and then a $2.8 million salary in 2024 that's not guaranteed with some per-game roster bonuses if he's still on the team. I think what's interesting, though, is how all this stuff meshes with the Javante Williams situation. First, let me say that I think we all saw last season what Samaje Piran can do. I mean, the dude can play. He stepped into spot starts for Joe Mixon and was frankly better than Mixon in a lot of ways. Team did not miss a beat. You know, Piran handled 20 plus touches, no problem. He has the size. He's listed 5'11", 235. Colin Card was already in the pass game. Now, now let's get to these Piran quotes from last week after he signed. He was asked why he chose the Broncos, why he chose Denver. And Piran said, quote, what it came down to was really how upfront Denver was with me as far as playing time and what Coach Payton wants to do with me personally. The first time I talked with Coach Payton, when everything opened up that first day, he really emphasized his history of using multiple backs, using two backs in his time with the Saints. Okay, so Sean Payton, new coach for Denver, gives the hard sell. P. Ryan effectively saying he's been promised playing time and seemingly a lot of it. Okay, then let's go back to the Matthew Berry report from the Combine. Basically, Matthew Berry said he was told that there's a very wide range of possibilities in terms of Jonte Williams' return from his knee injury. I mean, we know it was a really, really serious injury, more severe than just an ACL tear. And Barry was told Javante is currently, quote unquote, currently a lot more hurt than the team is letting on publicly and the Broncos are secretly nervous. 
So look, you add all this up, and I think Samaj P. Ryan is an absolute steal at 134th overall. Good player, plays in the pass game, team clearly wanted him, and major major concerns around Javante Williams' knee. Number two in terms of risers is Kadarius Tony. He's up 3.4 spots to 72nd overall, the wide receiver 38 on underdog. Chiefs are losing a ton of guys. I mean, they're losing offensive linemen. They're losing wideouts. Does it matter to Patrick Mahomes? I, I honestly don't know. And like, I wouldn't say that about any other quarterback, but I mean, this dude lost Tyreek Hill and then goes nuke the following season, finishes his fantasy's number two quarterback behind only Jalen Hurts and wins the NFL MVP. But as it sits right now, Patrick Mahomes, Offensive line is worse. His pass catchers are Travis Kelsey, who will turn 34 in October, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Toney. Juju Smith-Schuster is in New England now. Nicole Hardman is on the Jets. So I think we all agree this is a massive opportunity for Kadarius Toney, who has truly been special, albeit in a small sample, but he's been special in terms of earning targets and doing stuff with them. You know, saw 27 targets as a chief last year, including the playoffs, despite only running 89 routes for them. Over 30% targets per route run is very, very, very good. And on those 27 targets, he caught 21 balls for 221 yards and three touchdowns. He also ran in a couple more touchdowns. So he can win in this short area game, in this gadgety guy game, in the screen game, clearly. Can he do more? I, I don't know. The, and the problem is he's not going to be cheap. I mean, 72nd overall is right around the likes of Mike Evans, Traylon Burks, Deontay Johnson, Gabe Davis. And I'm fine with Canaries Tony there in the 70s, but I think he might get steamed even more. And, and that makes me a bit uncomfortable. That's especially true with Sky Moore being so cheap. I mean, Sky Moore is sitting there with an ADP of 130. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Chiefs in terms of the draft and pass catchers. Clearly, they need to add some help. But yeah, Tony is going to be very, very, very expensive for a guy who has not shown an ability to work down the field as much. I'd say he can't, just hasn't shown it yet. Number three in risers is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's up 4.2 spots to 79th overall, the QB9. Deshaun Watson was bad last year. I mean, very bad. He only played in six games following the suspension. So very small sample, but he was terrible. I mean, we're talking about 58.6% completion percentage, 6.5 yards per attempt, 383 QBR. But there's excuses here. I mean, Deshaun Watson had barely played football in like two years, didn't work with the starters all camp, wasn't with the team all season. The weather in two of Deshaun Watson's six games was just egregiously bad. They had injuries to their offensive line. The weapons maybe weren't at 100% down the stretch. But now, now, I mean, there's really no excuses. Deshaun Watson has a full all season in the program and the scheme. Offensive line should be healthy which will make them easily top five in the league, if not better. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Njoku, very good. And then I thought last week, Browns made a really sharp move to bring in Elijah Moore without giving up too much. So no excuses for Deshaun Watson. And as the quarterback landscape is changing, you know, there's currently five quarterbacks going in the first three rounds. Crazy. I like Watson as one of the options for the weight on QB crowd. You know, he's in that range with Dak, Tua, ahead of Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. I think Tua is probably my favorite target there, but there's obviously a bunch of risk on the concussion stuff with Tua. And so, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson as a weight on QB option is interesting. Let's get to this week's fallers. First fall I want to talk about is Joe Mixon. He's down 3.1 spots to 79th overall, running back 24 on underdog. Everyone 
saw Joe Mixon really struggle with efficiency last year, only 3.9 yards per carry. He did have that five touchdown game, but other than that, just four touchdowns for Joe Mixon in his 13 other games. We saw Samaj Piran, like I already talked about, outplay Joe Mixon a bunch. We also know that there's at least some chance Joe Mixon becomes a cap casualty at some point this offseason, even with Piran gone. I mean, the Bengals can save about $10 million if it designates Joe Mixon as a post-June 1 cut. So we'll see what happens in the draft. My thing is, though, I mean, this team is in win-now mode, and they just can't go into the season with Travion Williams and Chris Evans as their running backs. So my guess is that they're trying to renegotiate with Mixon to lower his salary, lower his cap hit, and also keep him in his role. And if they're successful in doing so, if they get a renegotiation done with Samaj P. Ryan gone, we can project a bit more volume. So for Mixon, that is. So it's a bit risky, but I like taking some shots on Mixon ahead of this current 79th overall ADP. If Cincinnati doesn't take a running back in the draft and Mixon is back on a restructure, he'll go far, far, far higher than that. Second faller is Lamar Jackson. He's down 2.7 spots to 49.1 overall. And I should note, this ADP data is from before Lamar Jackson made that public trade request on Twitter Monday morning. This Lamar Jackson saga, honestly, I'm pretty tired of it. You know, I I don't think it's that complicated. I I don't think Lamar hates the Ravens. I don't think he's, you know, pissed about the dust ball weapons they put around him every year. It's just about money. I I mean, the dude is 26 years old. He's a former MVP. He sees Kyler Murray got 190 million guaranteed. He sees Russ Wilson got 161 million guaranteed. He sees freaking Jared Goff get 110 million guaranteed. And of course, he saw Deshaun Watson get all of his 230 million guaranteed. Lamar Jackson, to me, is far, far better than all those guys. And in some cases, it's not even close. So he wants 200 plus million guaranteed. And who can blame him? The problem is NFL teams and owners, they just don't want to, don't have to pay that kind of money guaranteed due to the way the NFL contract system is structured. And to be clear, I think NFL player contracts are messed up. I mean, these guys deserve more. They deserve more guaranteed, not just Lamar. But the random, you know, second string running back or linebacker taking years off his life for 500K or a million dollars. I mean, it's just not enough, in my opinion. Considering how much the NFL is making off these guys. But anyway, I don't think Lamar's trade request Monday really changes anything. Lamar won't demand a trade if the Ravens pay him what he wants. The dude just wants to get paid. And usually that stuff can get worked out, especially with so many teams in need of quarterbacks. So. At 49.1 overall ADP and sinking, Lamar is a buy for me when we take into account the current quarterback landscape. Last one to talk about here today for the fallers is Matthew Stafford. He's down six spots to 162nd overall quarterback, 25 on underdog. You know, as the elite quarterbacks get pushed up, I'm certainly hungry to find some guys I like later. You know, Jalen Hurts was a no-brainer last year when he was there in rounds six, seven, eight. Daniel Jones. The same thing when he was there in rounds 10, 11, 12, 13, and later. The bull case on Matthew Stafford for 2023 is clear. Get Cooper Cup back healthy. You know, Sean McVay returns for the scheme continuity. All the issues that Matthew Stafford has had, concussions, neck issues, scary spine stuff, all that is 100%. You know, that, that's the bull case. The bear case is simple. The dude just retires. And there are reports out there that he could barely throw last year. He's still considering retirement. So I think even at these really deep, deep ADPs, I'm likely still passing on Stafford. I think the risk is similar to last year in a lot of a lot of outcomes. You know, this team is so thin. They can just fall apart quickly. And then 
what is Stafford even doing out there? You know, the team is still too run heavy. I think still too slow. You don't get any rushing production out of Matthew Stafford. So I think I prefer Kyler Murray at 133rd overall, Geno Smith, 122nd, um, Bryce Young and Stroud are in this uh, Stafford range. Anthony Richardson is as well. I, I like think taking shots there. I think the floor ceiling combo is a bit higher on those guys than it is in Stafford. All right. That is going to do it for the first market Monday of the 2023 fantasy football season. Thanks so much to everyone who listened to this. Hope it helped. Let me know in the comments on YouTube. In, let me know in the comments on iTunes or in the comments on YouTube if you think this is worth continuing each week and what you would like to hear. We'll be back tomorrow with Silva to talk latest free agency fallout and our biggest fantasy losers from free agency. Four, producer Luke. Four, our editor, King Jackson. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.